You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. Hey everybody, welcome to this brand new episode of the Stag Sports Wrap here on the Stag Sports Network. J.J. Duke with Drew Kingsley. Drew, busy times as always, but it's kind of that end of the in-between part of the fall season where we now have conference play on the horizon. Some teams are actually in conference play as we're recording. Um, other teams are ending le- uh, non-conference play and getting into it. So we're going to touch on all that as all of our fall sports teams right in the thick of it. Uh, before we do that, though, um, I'd like to take a moment to honor um, someone within the uh, Fairfield University community who has a direct impact with athletics as well. Yeah, unfortunately, we learned... Um this past Friday, the passing of assistant professor of English, Matt Tullis. Uh, he was the director of digital journalism here at Fairfield. And our connection to him was co-chair of the sports media major. Uh, he was actually been a guest on a podcast here. Um, uh, an unexpected passing. Matt was a good guy. He uh, was great to us. Sent us some really good students our way who have worked for us. Uh, and yeah, we're we're gonna miss him. And I think the best thing we can do is Matt would want us to. He loves sports, mm. so he would want us to do this podcast and be joyful and enthusiastic. So that's what we're gonna do. But uh, this one's for you, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember and Drew and I were actually talking about it right before we started recording, where we had him as well as Adam Rugg, who are the two co-chairs of that sports media major, and the amount of energy and passion that they brought for sport and media in sport is just amazing. And I know that program has grown quite substantially in such a short amount of time. We did that um, during uh, the summer of 2020. And, I mean, as Drew said, we had had a lot of students that have come to us, whether in various different working capacities, but done amazing stuff. And yeah, we're certainly going to miss Matt and our best wishes and thoughts are with uh, his family at this time. Now going forward to our core fall sports teams. And one of the teams that has certainly lit it up on the court would be Fairfield Volleyball, who are now back from their couple of weekends on the road, yet back again, where they went up to Western New York, swept Canisius and Niagara, went to the Hudson Valley, swept Maris and Siena, and drew 12 sets played, 12 sets won, 4-0. You can't really ask for much better. Oh, especially from uh, that road trip, two of uh, two of the tougher road trips as far as distance and competition in the MAC, and to come away with it 4-0 with four sweeps. Um, Coach Crest will tell you they have work to do, and you know he's not wrong about that. There's always work to do, but yeah, to come away uh, with four wins and in convincing fashion, uh, executing the way they are, particularly offensively, as you said, hitting over 300. Yeah, 300 in league play. Yeah, that's just that. That's a good start, and coming from a lot of different people, which is always good to see. Absolutely, KJ Johnson leading the way. This is just league stats only. So from their four matches, four and two thirds kills per set, over two digs per set, over a block per set as well. That's coming from an outside hitter, Ella Gardner, close to three kills out of the middle. Blakely Montgomery running the offense like a finely tuned machine, as we mentioned hitting over 300, so she's got a big part to play in that. And Kyla Berg in the back, close to five digs per set as well. And um, before we get any further, because we're actually going to hear from KJ and Kyla, I just sat down with recently to talk about that uh, two weekends.
wins on the road. But, Drew, in and amongst that, Todd Kress picking up career win number 500 that ended that Western New York road trip. And, I mean, that's a mark you hardly ever talk about in sports, but it's a credit to his longevity, his continued success, and the fact that everywhere he's gone, not just here at Fairfield, he has done some really, really good things. Yeah, just a, a great great career uh, and counting for Coach Crest. 502 wins now, 268 of those at Fairfield, which is a not just a Fairfield record, but also a MAC volleyball record. Um, yeah, just, you know, seven-time MAC champion, has also taken Northern Illinois to the NCAA tournament out of the other MAC, took Florida State to the NCAAs with an at-large bid out of the ACC. Just really a tremendous career, and it's been a pleasure, I'm sure I speak for both of us, to talk to him about volleyball. You really, you learn something when you talk to him, and you can see why he's so successful, because if he is, imparts to his players the same kind of stuff he imparts to us, just as Joe Nobody there trying to learn a little bit, then you can really see why he's been so successful. And the players obviously feed off of it as well, and they love playing for him. And in fact, that's something that I talked with at the end of our chat with KJ and Kyla. So here they are, uh, my conversation earlier with KJ Johnson and Kyla Berg. Back-to-back road weekends for you guys. Just a lot of traveling, a lot of time on the bus. Got those two trips out of the way, and 4-0. I mean, that's a start, KJ, that you guys probably would have exactly wanted to be at this time of the year, right? Yeah, it's a really good start for us. Absolutely. When you, go, when you look at the schedule and you see that road trip to Buffalo, followed up by Marist, Siena, what were kind of the thoughts on that? Were you thankful for the fact that you didn't have to go, say, later in the year when it's absolutely frigid or you know when those teams may have found some rhythm? Or is it just one of those things you don't even worry about it? You just play who you play. Yeah, I would say it's more so not too worried about it, but we were happy to get those road trips out of the way sooner than later because they are very long bus rides. Absolutely. And Kyla, now looking back at these couple of matches, I mean, 12 sets played, 12 sets won. On your side of the ball, teams are only hitting something like 150, which is pretty minute, all things considered, when KJ and the rest of the offense taking care of their business. What has been clicking over these uh, last two weekends? I think it just has a lot to do with like the team dynamic. I mean, you look at front row to back row, our front row is really pulling their weight with the blocks, which makes my job and the back row's job so much easier to um, pick up those balls, and we really just do it for each other, and I think that's a really big aspect of how we managed to be so successful these past two weekends. Was there a little bit of kind of a, a I don't want to say a wake-up call, but kind of a reality check after non-conference play, knowing that it was kind of a tough five games at home, that Fairfield Invitational. We played some very good teams, let's you know not forget that fact, but I know the group wanted to go into that first MAC weekend with a little more momentum. So, what was kind of the build up to that Buffalo swing like after playing those really tough matches and five matches, by the way, which is in, an insane workload? Yes, it is a huge um, weekend for us. And I think it really did wake us up that, you know, some things needed to change in our practice gym and the way that we prepare for matches. And I think coming into the the first week of conference that we really wanted to show, you know, the Mac who we were, especially when we didn't do as well as we wanted to that weekend. Um, and I think we just decided that, you know, we had enough of losing, so we kind of turned it on. And it helps KJ when, how big are you seeing the ball right now? Is it like beach ball level when you're at, <laughs> when you're swinging? Is it 
moon level? Is it something along those lines? Because you're putting away just about every swing that you have. Life life has to be pretty good for you as well, yeah? <laughs> I mean, it is pretty good having my teammates, you know, like Blakely setting up the ball or Abby, whoever it is. It's just so much fun playing with all of them. And I feel like, like Hyla said, it's just playing for each other, which makes the game even better and so much more fun to play. And you talked about uh, Blakely a little bit. It's a, a new primary setter that you're working with uh, this year as Manuela graduated after last season. So what has that chemistry been like and how much was it important to have those non-conference matches to really get that understanding and kind of that timing? Because I know for you guys, it's something that you work every day, but for those that watch, it, it might be a, a bigger thing that it's you know people don't actually think about all that much. Yeah, I would say for sure it was an adjustment, you know, just her having to come in with and figuring out every single hitter, especially her being a sophomore, but I think she's doing such an amazing job at it and just, you know, giving us balls that we can hit and all of us working together to help her out and her to help us out. And so I feel like those games did help with getting us in a rhythm and it's showing a lot better now. And there's a lot of new faces in this team as well, Kylo, right? How is that getting the chemistry together? And is there any differences that you've noticed between last year's team and this year's group? Silence speaks volumes, which uh, it could be a good thing or a bad thing, right? To have new faces in there. Yeah, they definitely bring a lot more energy this year. I mean, whether they're on the court, like talking specifically about our new freshmen, whether they're on the court, you know, Maya this weekend did a great job blocking and just brought so much energy that way. But then off the court, you look at the freshmen and they have brought so much energy to us that (laughs) it is amazing just to feel that on the court. Um and so I think they have done a great job there. It's always an adjustment with new people, but I think they have really stepped up and helped to further this team and make this team better um, than we were last year. Looking ahead a little bit now, three matches, no, excuse me, four matches at home, Quinnipiac this coming Saturday, then uh, Manhattan, Iona, and Maris. Are you guys just looking forward to not being on the bus for, <laughs> for all these hours and finally getting to play at home again? Or what do you most really looking forward to from these next few it'll be nice definitely to sleep in our own bed yeah (laughs) but i think we're just definitely looking forward to you know being able to plan our gym and have our fans there and be able to play in our environment i think that will definitely give us another edge than being on the road now one thing that drew and i kind of hit on a little bit but i wanted to hear from your guys perspective it was the post niagara match where Todd, head coach, got his 500th career victory. Absolute scenes, by the way, in the locker room. We saw the video. Um, for those that have no idea what we're talking about, basically the water bottle spray treatment in the uh, in the locker room afterwards. But in seriousness, um, how special is it? And both of you guys can chime in on this uh, however you want to. And having uh, playing a little part in the fact that a coach who's been around this game for so many years, been so successful and just, you know, continuing that tradition that he has brought here at Fairfield Volleyball? Uh, Yeah, I would say it was really fun, especially going into it, uh, knowing that that was going to be his 500th win. I feel like, again, as we talk about, we always want to do everything for each other. And so it was really great to be able to be on the team and playing for him for, for when he got his 500th win. Yeah, it's, it's just so special, and especially to be a part of a team and a culture. You know, he is has been so successful, and, um, you know, as KJ kind of hit on, you know, we were just so happy for him. You know, he has had a great career and all the programs he's been to, not just Fairfield, and to be able to be a part of his coaching career and being able to live that 500th win was very special and was a huge deal for the whole team. 
Awesome. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you guys back here at home for the uh, first of four matches. Good luck. Thank, Thank you. you. So that was our conversation with Kyla and KJ. Uh, Fairfield now on a four-match homestand over the next two weeks or so, the first of which will be against Quinnipiac on Saturday, October the 1st. Another team that picking up big wins recently would be Fairfield Field Hockey. And boy, um, after what was a, a weekend where they traveled to a pair of top 25 teams in Miami of Ohio and Louisville in one of those games against Miami, just an, a devastating 2-1 to one loss there. The Stags had probably one of the more insane games that you will ever see. Uh, this was on Sunday, September the 25th. In fact, we're recording the day after on the Monday, and I still can't get over some of the moments that happened in that game. Fairfield knocked off Yale 3-2 in a shootout. So after 60 minutes of play, two sudden victory periods of overtime, it ended 2-2, and then commenced what was a nine-round shootout. And for those that do not know what a field hockey shootout is, kind of give you just a brief description. It's a best of five. Each team would get five shooters to go. And it's kind of like for those that may be nostalgic in the old uh, North American Soccer League, this is the Pele era where a player starts 35 yards away from goal, this now being field hockey. You have eight seconds to get a shot off and score. If you do not score in that eight seconds, then you know your turn is over and you're done. This is not like, say, PKs in soccer where you just get a kick from a spot. So it's there's so many mind games that go into it because it's not just a one-on-one against a goalie. It's positioning. You can actually score off of a rebound as long as it happens before the eight seconds. So a lot of things happen in there. We got nine rounds of it, <laughs> and Fairfield came away with a 4-3 victory in strokes. The 3-2, of course, will go on the scoreline. Augustina Castellucci got the winner in the ninth round. But the story of the day, and we've talked about her before, is the goalie, Peyton Ron, who locked in. I mean, you, you were watching as this was going on, Drew. I was there calling the match. It is so difficult to lock in for that period amount of time. But to face the same shooters, basically, twice in a row in that um in that penalty shootout because you had the five go and then you reload and go again. So she had to see everybody once and then it's that mind game. What do you do the second time? Do you stay the same way? Do you go a different way? She stopped something like six of them, five in a row, including a handful one to handful of them to be um, keeping Fairfield in the match. It was insane. It I've, I have a new favorite thing about sports, and it is the field hockey shootout. Yes. After what I witnessed yesterday, it's it, it's it's so unique. It's the I don't know that there's anything like it in sports. Even you mentioned other sports that have shootouts, soccer or ice hockey. I don't know that they're they're comparable. It was it's such a one on one battle. And look, I I think at this level, any player could score on any goalie once, mm-hmm. just like any goalie could stop any player once. So for Peyton to make six consecutive stops, five which kept Fairfield in the match, yep. and then the six one to ice it, that's just incredible. And you know, fair play, the, the Yale goalie as well, who came up with yes. five stops should, in that shootout. Should give Luana some of her credit as well. She was amazing. And I mean, I even said it on the broadcast, it was goalie wars. And <laughs> those are things that 
just you kind of live for as a goalie. Um, and in fact, Peyton actually stopped six during the game as well. Um, and should also say a couple of the goals were absolute screamers. Uh, Juliana Kratz scored to give Fairfield the lead. Pilar Mangotti off of a corner, which he thought would have won it with about five minutes to go. But then Yale gets the equalizer with about two and a half minutes left from Teodora Dillman, who actually scored the winner for Yale two days previous off of a corner in overtime. So (laughs) it literally had everything. And you don't need to hear us talk about it more. I spoke with Peyton Ron, the woman of the hour, about that session and what it takes to kind of keep your mind focused, laser focused for that long in that many strokes. So here's my conversation with Peyton after that match. In a sport that we don't really see all that many shootouts, Peyton Ron, that might have been one of the most craziest shootouts that we've ever seen. Nine rounds, end to end, it seemed like the game was going to change about seven different times, but from your perspective as a goalie, how do you stay locked in like that? I just know that it's up to my team. They, I have full trust in them to score. I know that they'll carry their end. On my end, I have to save it. I have to make sure nothing goes in. And if I mess up, then my team will come bail me out. They'll make the goal, and then I'm back to square one. And, like, the second you get in your head, that's when you lose it. So just trying to be calm, knowing that. I mean, we've done shootouts, like, so many times over practice. It's thinking that it's, like, practice. It counts for nothing. And then going into that with that mentality, then it's no stress, worry-free, you're allowed to mess up. We have to mess up. It's just the nature of shootouts capitalize any mistake. And one of those, especially in this type of shootout, where you're getting to face now shooters twice because you go again after the five rounds. So in your decision-making, were you committed thinking, oh, they've went one way, now i got to go the other way, or just stay firm? It, how much of this is it just a mental game more than anything else? All of goalkeeping is mental. Like, you find out pretty strong. Like, you have to be a very mentally tough person because end of the day if something goes in it's on you which sucks because there's all 11 of us on the field but shootouts it's you versus one other person your goal is to beat them and it's so hard to read them because as a shooter you have the whole cage you have the whole circle as a goalie we play one angle hope that they don't pull around us and then if they do you dive and hope um Luckily, it worked out. (laughs) Absolutely. And now, since that was really your last non-conference game before it becomes a real deal, how much that is just a big boost for you guys now knowing that, hey, we got a tough win out of the way against a very good Yale team. We're feeling pretty good about ourselves going into NEC play. Yeah, it's great for me. Winning in shootouts has been a goal of mine since I committed here. I realized that This is one way that I can help my team and solidify a win because realistically, end of the day, it's up to me to perform. So this this is amazing. This is like a wonderful feeling. I've never I've never had the opportunity to win in a shootout. And for my first one to win is great. Nine rounds done after double overtime. Um, It's just great to know that we're going into the NEC. We're playing. We've got another win, another win at home. And we're ready. Bring it on. We've got this. 
So the next time that you'll be able to see Fairfield Field Hockey at home will be October the 9th against Merrimack. However, the Stags open up league play this coming Friday. Well, we're recording this coming Friday. You may be listening to this at another point, but it's Friday, September the 30th against Sacred Heart, which Sacred Heart's home ground is Johnson Field at Yale. I'm looking at my weather app. It's a nice day. I'm thinking a hashtag away day. (laughs) Hey, why not? It's 1 o'clock on a Friday if you're free. I probably will be free, so I'll be heading up there looking forward to that one. Keeping it at home, uh, turning from the field hockey pitch to the soccer pitch. Uh, women's and men's soccer. Women currently are standing at 7-2 and overall, 2-0 in league play. Knocked off Siena back on the 17th of September, so they've played just two matches since we've last talked with you all, and then one at home, 2-1 against Marist this past Saturday, the 24th. Currently tied for first with Quinnipiac, just trailing technically on the standing side in terms of goal difference. But more importantly, um, Dave Barrett's team has turned Lessingfield into an absolute fortress with their record at home. Yeah, and that's something you just you really need to do in league play. You know, everybody's good is is the simplest way to phrase it. Everybody's good on a given day. Anybody can beat anybody. So you really look at those home games and say these need to be three points, one point at minimum. And so far. Fairfield has done that. Three points, either literally or figuratively, every time they've gone on to the pitch at Lessing. And 5-0 and oh in total at home, including that great win against Northeastern. Their RPI checked them in their first ranking of an RPI at 104. So they're, you, know, you kind of talk about them as one of the uh, top-tier teams, really. Not only just mid-majors, but if you're kind of breaking in thirds, top-tier in the nation, which is fantastic. And the next time that they're at home, Drew, is the big one. It could be a preview of something we could see in November. It's the Stags and the Bobcats. <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to that one. You know, it's, uh, it's still September, so next show it'll be October and we can start talking yep. playoff scenarios. But as we sit here right now, Quinnipiac and Fairfield, just looking at the records, would have to be considered a possible playoff preview. Uh, it's, it's always a, a battle when these two teams get together, regardless of sport, honestly, but specifically women's soccer the past few years, there have been one team wants to make a memory against the other, and th- these matches have delivered in that capacity. I mean, who could forget that 2019 semifinal where Gabby, D- Gabby Diodati basically goes spin cycle on half the Quinnipiac defense inside the final 10 minutes and goes top bins. That match will be, and that's actually the last time that Fairfield hosted Quinnipiac, so you know that they're going to be looking for a little retribution, and Fairfield <laughs> haven't beaten Quinnipiac since that game, so something has to give. That will be on October the 1st at Lessingfield, 1 o'clock start time for that game. Uh, the last uh, touch on our core fall teams, we still have plenty to get to here in the Stag Sports Wrap. Uh, men's soccer, who just ended non-conference play at 4-4, four and four, they open up league action on Wednesday the 28th against Mount St. Mary's, the first time we will get to see that school as a MAC team here at Fairfield. That's going to be on, like I said, Wednesday the 28th at 7 p.m. I mentioned the last show that Carl Rees always schedules very difficult. You know that there's going to be some results in there, some favorable, some not so much, but you learn heavily from those games. But Fairfield showed out nicely in those two home games. A 1-0 loss against URI, this was back on September the 14th, but a game that frankly could have gone either way. Um, It was one of those that Fairfield defended brilliantly. They looked 
threatening on every chance that they had going forward. James Anderson just stood on his head and made 10 saves, which was a career high in that game. And URI just scored off of a set piece. That was the difference. But what Fairfield did was build on that game. And all they did was take on the reigning perfect Ivy League champions (laughs) from a season ago in Princeton and won that one 3-1 in a game that probably say they might have won by a few more. Um, That's one that you're just going to remember for a long time. Yeah, that's that's a big win. The the Ivy champ is top fifty at worst in yeah, a lot worst, of these sports, yeah. specifically in men's soccer. And yeah, that's a very good Princeton team and Fairfield Fairfield outplayed them for ninety minutes. That's that's the bottom line. I d I don't know if at the end of the day we're gonna say Fairfield in twenty twenty two was better than Princeton, but on that day, Fairfield was better than Princeton. Yeah, and there was really no question about that as the teams traded own goals in that match. And then uh, Rasmus Sorensen Reinhold leapt like a salmon and stung like a bee, <laughs> heading home a free kick at the far post. And then Thomas Drillian wrapped it up off of a lovely counterattacking goal set up by Razamir. And I had a chance to speak with Rasmus Sorensen Reinhold and Thomas Drillian. This was again after Fairfield's win against Princeton on September the 17th. Guys, this is kind of one of those weird ones, right, where you play Rhode Island a couple of days ago, play it, put it together a brilliant effort, and then come here against a Princeton side who's defending champs of their league, and all you do is put three past them and win at home. Rasmus, I mean, this has to be an amazing feeling for you. For sure, it really is. I think it's a similar effort against Rhode Island, but today it, uh, it went our way, and we got the goals when we needed to and didn't let, let a, a standout goal in like last time, so... Yeah, couple of different goals for you. Obviously, first Vigo with a brilliant ball to the back post, and then you're able to um, kind of just continue to fight your way and make things happen. But on yours, um, what were you seeing? Because I know Fairfield got one earlier where the keeper was a little hesitant coming off the line. Well, I knew that the keeper was going to be hesitant uh, due to the mistake he made before. So I wanted to get into the mix, and the ball felt perfectly. It was right up against uh, the lights, so I just had to get my head on it and... Uh, directed towards the goal. Thomas, for you on the opposite end, I mean, you were putting a shift tonight, winning everything in the air, and that was a quick counter. Anderson in the back comes up with a brilliant stop. Quick out to you. What were you seeing to get yourself into a position to get uh, put Razmir into a place where he can finish? Yeah, I just saw a numbers-up situation and recognized Raz being in a better position than I was. Um, so the plan was just to feed him the ball. And then from our film that we, we did throughout the week, we, we recognized that they failed to track late runs. And so as Raz was doing a very good job at um, occupying the defenders, I just delayed my run. And then fortunately enough, the ball fell to me and it managed to go in. So, yeah, very pleased. Emotionally, what does this type of performance put for this team? I know Coach Reese puts together always a tremendously challenging schedule to give you guys different looks week in, week out, game in, game out. But beating a team like Princeton, what can this do for a Fairfield team? I mean, I think it's going to go a long way. It's going to be one of the signature performances of the season. You know, I mean, I believe they're back-to-back Ivy League champions. And when you can turn them over 3-1, especially after losing to them last year, it, it just does a whole lot for our morale, especially, you know, having scored going one up they equalized, you know, great team spirit and team fight to just push through that tough patch that we had and score another two goals. So, yeah, I think it's going to go a really long way for us. I'll ask both of you guys this first, Rasmus, and then Thomas after. We will see Fairfield back home opening the MAC season. New opponent, of course, in the Mount St. Mary's coming in. But 
for Fairfield fans that are kind of curious to see, hey, this Fairfield team, you know, difficult start, but they've certainly battled their way to a good position. What would be the message to them to make sure that they get out here, not just for that match, for all matches going forward? When we play on Lessing, we always give it at all, us all and, uh, and uh, put on an entertaining uh, match. Uh, and we have had some tough games, but we're ready for the MAC after getting uh, some games in our feet. Yeah, obviously, just going off what Raz said, we really feed off the crowd's energy. So, I mean, the more of you guys that we get out here, you know, the, the more energy there is, the, the better we play. So we really appreciate all the support that you guys bring. So, I mean, hopefully we'll see a lot of you at the first game versus the Mount St. Mary's. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. So now just checking in on some of the other squads that are in action here at Fairfield Athletics. And again, big thanks to all of our guests on this show, which would be KJ Johnson, Kyla Berg, Peyton Ron, Rasmus Sorensen, Reinhold, and Thomas Drillian. And if you got any questions or anybody that you'd love to see uh, on the pod in future episodes, let us know. All of our socials, you guys know where to follow us, at Stag Sportsnet on Twitter, at Fairfield Stags. It's all there. Um, and, yeah, we're continuing our coverage now. Uh, women's Cross Country, well, she was a guest on our last podcast. And, in fact, Courtney Kitchen continuing to fly on the cross country circuit because after her 14th place finish up at Siena on the 10th of September, she finished 6th at Van Cortland Park, and you heard her talk about that course, and it's an extremely hilly course, much different from where they were in Siena, but she finished sixth individually in that meet. That was on the 16th of September. Good enough to earn her MAC Women's Runner of the Week, and Drew, that's that's high accomplishment for a sport on both the men's and the women's side that's dominated every week, basically. It's some Iona runner that wins that award and basically wins all the major awards. Oh, yeah. Iona cross-country is, is a dynasty. Uh, both sides, particularly the men's side where they've won every MAC championship since 1990 or so. But, yeah, to go to Iona's, quote, home course and to, you know, take it to them like Courtney did. She outran every Iona runner, every MAC runner in the field. And that that's just a, it's a tremendous accomplishment from somebody who she made her mark as a freshman. You know, we've seen the name for four years now, but... She's just she's just kept improving. She's kept getting better, and this was hopefully you want to say a coming out party, and we're, this is what we're going to see here on out. Just putting up fast times, working hard, continuing to work hard, and bringing the team along with her. Most definitely, and they'll be back in action in just a couple of weeks' time. We will keep in touch with more on them as they go throughout their fall season as on the men's side. Men's golf, this is a team that's been very busy. In fact, just the last week, they played six competitive rounds across two tournaments. First in uh, one of the University of Hartford's event over at Bulls Bridge Golf Club in South Kent. By the way, um, if you're over on the Stags Golf Instagram and you take a look at some of the shots at they had on that page of what that course looks like, especially early morning with the fog cascading over the hills. It is such a sweet course to play. Um, they did well in that event, finished six out of 16, and actually were fourth after the second round. They played two rounds on day one, one on day two, and they were in reaching distance of third. But the uh, person that stole the show was senior Killian McGinley, who posted a three-round total of five under, finished tied for eighth. But within the event, 
He hit an ace. <laughs> a hole-in-one on hole 12 in the second round, which, funny enough, was actually one day shy of one year to the day where Grace Crisio had a hole-in-one. That's in the 2021 fall season for the women's team up at the Boston College event. I mean, how it parallels, like, they're crazy, right? Yeah, it's... <laughs> I, I you texted me that I wasn't sure what to say. I mean, yeah, it's a coincidence, but you, you'll love it, especially when you're in my seat of publicity and stats and all that to see the hole in, holes in one keep coming like that for the stags. We've had four or five in the times I've been here, including as I was saying before we hit record, Ricky Dowling had one on a par four <laughs> a few years ago. That's a that that's a shot of a lifetime right there. I mean, so much. Look, I've never hit a hole in one. I've come close twice in my life on a par three let alone what has to happen on a par four for that to happen <laughs> but uh, congratulations to Killian on an excellent week and then just a few days afterwards uh, the Stags played in the prestigious McDonald Cup which is at the golf course at Yale I mean that's it's arguably the best college golf course in America in fact just recently won that award <laughs> yet again um, and Fairfield competed well in that event finished seventh out of 11 teams sophomore Colin Summers led the Stags uh, with a three-round score of just one over which was tied for 13th uh, tennis drew in action in fact men were opening the season at the Joe Hunt invite at Navy, that was on uh, the weekend starting September the 16th. Then returned home last weekend for the Fairfield Invitational. The women just competed at Army West Point's two-day event. And I know you got some key st- uh, facts and figures. Sure, we'll start with the women. Uh, Meg Harding not only picked up her first win as a stag, she picked up her first four wins as a stag. Went 4-0 to win her draw. Uh, Lucy Tuttle went to the finals of her consolation draw. And Liz Morkel, who you may recognize that name, she is Charlie Morkel's sister, making her Fairfield debut this season. She also went to the finals of the consolation bracket in her draw on the men's side. Uh, they've played a bunch and they've won a bunch is really the way to say it. They played a ton down at Navy. They were just up back on our courts for the Fairfield invite. They uh, played a collection of matches against four different squads. That was St. Francis, Brooklyn, Fordham. Sacred Heart and Quinnipiac. So just head on over to FairfieldStags.com, get the collection of all of those results. Those tennis teams are doing what the fall is for. They're playing a lot of tennis against a lot of high quality opponents. Results come and go, of course, in the fall, like in any sport, but a lot of W's, a lot of good performances from a lot of different players. Absolutely, and we'll be keeping, as Drew said, in tune with that as we go throughout the rest of the fall semester. And we covered a lot. I think it's time to take a collective (laughs) breath, and that should do it for our episode. As Drew said, we'll be back in a couple of weeks as everybody will basically be in the thick of it for their league uh, schedules and, in fact, might even have some uh, previews to talk about in terms of postseason play at that point. (laughs) So thanks so much for spending some time with us here in the Stag Sports Wrap. As I said earlier, if you want to get involved, just head on over to our socials and reach out over there. Love to hear your thoughts and much more. So for everyone here and for Drew and I, JJ Duke signing off, we will talk to you next time. Go Stags. Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.